Subject number five for episode 13. This one is Navajo zombies. And Navajo zombies, when, I, when I'm talking about it, I mean the actual zombies, you know, like um, the dead people. I'm not talking about those that do meth and walk around all night and look through people's window and just, you know, don't have a life. I'm not talking about like, you know, a metaphorical zombie. I'm talking about an actual dead person zombie. And this is kind of like, uh, it goes into the realm of medical, but at the same time, it's like I said, Halloween. So I want to get a, go ahead and get a jump start on it. Um, Halloween last year, these were a lot, a lot of these I was talking about when it deals with death, it was kind of, uh, my, my take on the, the Halloween version of 2020 because of the every, you know, everybody was all scared of the coronavirus and those that were aware of it, you know, they really weren't, but those that were listening to the podcast, they really were enjoying these ghost stories and skinwalker stories. But anyways, and so as far as Navajo zombies go, um, there it's borderline. It, it, it is real, but at the same time, it's supernaturally real because, um, when I was growing up, the you know, skinwalkers were all the rage. They, they still are nowadays. They just became more mainstream. You'll see them on TV and being referred to a lot on television shows and movies. But, um, the, um, the idea of having a dead person come back to life, that was, that was really interesting to me because, you know, I'm one of the, uh, the, uh, the horror movie babies, you know, anything that, whether it's a werewolf or vampires or some kind of mutant monster or an alien or something, as long as there was blood and gore, you know, you know, I was all into it. So zombies, you know, that, that was always one thing that was, would trip me out. So we would be in Albuquerque and I would watch these zombie movies with my brothers. And then I would come back out to Arizona and then have to watch over my grandma and then, you know, the sun starts going down and it's just me and granny all by ourselves. And man, I would start to like panic, you know, I'm like then all those zombie movies start popping into my head. I'm like, oh man, what am I going to do now? You know, I was like, should I leave granny? Granny, you know, I, you know, you're almost to the end of your life. You know, you know, I got to save myself and run out the door or, you know, climb up in the attic or something. So all those type of, um, you know, scenarios would pop into my head. But then at the same time, I was like, nah, I gotta, you know, how would I be able to fend off granny? And I was like, well, maybe I just get eaten alive too. But, um, the, the thing about the, uh, Navajo zombies that kind of makes me wonder is, you know, obviously it goes back into witchcraft skinwalking again, but, um, the, the thing about that having, um, Navajo zombies is, you know, I started to watch a lot more uh, videos on it since I had access to the internet. And after my brothers had passed away, both of them, it was, you know, always, you know, I, I really couldn't get mad at death and I, you know, cause death is going to do his thing, but you know, my brothers weren't immortal either. So, you know, when they passed on, it was because of their own health conditions and their bad choices that they made. But, you know, just, I kind of wanted to know where they were in, in, while they were like, you know, while they were unfortunately rotting in their, their coffins, their caskets, you know, but to me, it was, I was just trying to find out what would make me feel better. You know, if, if I could, if I could, you know, bring them back, you know, what would be the cost? And, 
that's where the whole pet cemetery um, scenario started popping in my head. Would if there was an actual place where I could bury my brothers, would I do it? You know, how would they be coming back? You know, would they be pissed that they didn't die, or would they try to kill me? <laughs> or attack me or something, you know, it, I just, my mind went all over the place. So I, I was watching these videos on embalming and mortuaries and what goes on. Um, it, it's really fascinating, man. And I was just kind of looking at it like, oh, okay. Well, the other thing that really caught my attention was these embalmers, um, or the morticians actually were saying there have been instances where, um, bodies would sit up again, you know, they were dead, totally dead. But it was inside their body, the, there's like a trigger mechanism inside that would make them like, um, you know, twitch their hand or bend their knee or, you know, shoot their arm, just shoot straight up, you know, just out of a reflex, some kind of a dead reflex, which is pretty interesting to me. And so anyways, there was a story about this corpse that just sat up. It was dead, you know, and the mortician freaked the hell out. I mean, who wouldn't, you know? And then I guess finally they all came back and the body was still sitting up. So they checked it and it was, it was dead, stone cold dead. So then they, you know, did their best to push it back to lay flat on the, uh, embalming table or the, uh, you know, that table that they have. And, um, you know, they had a hard time trying to do that, but you know, stuff like that is, you know, I want to take it a little bit further. Like how would the Navajo nation be if we were under a zombie attack? Like, if, um, let's say this coronavirus, like, let's say they really mutated and there was one Navajo that was, had like that living dead disease, you know, and their family member came up to them and they're all hugging them and saying, oh, we thought you died. And then they, you know, they bite that family member in the shoulder, the neck, the arm family member pulls back and they're in pain and agony. And right there, the, the living dead virus starts going through their body, their bloodstream, Cause they're in pain and they're freaked out. Their heart would beat. So that would kind of, you know, have that, um, living dead disease go through right away and, you know, start shutting down the, the organs and the, uh, you know, just shutting down the body basically, but then it'll restart again as a zombie. And <clears throat> so I've been trying to think of, uh, some, some Navajo zombie stories that I could tell. And I really do not have any. The only thing that I have is that um, back over in Tuojale, there was this, uh, our neighbor, it was an older man. And my brothers, they, were, they, would always, they would tell me the story about how one of the relatives saw that dude sitting down on the ground. He was talking, to, he was talking away, you know, and um, he was carrying on a conversation with himself. So they started getting closer. I think they were walking up to them and that's where they kind of looked over his shoulder. Like, what the hell is he doing? Is he playing a game or is he, you know, like recording himself or is he talking into a beer bottle? And they saw a human head right there. It was like decapitated some Navajo. He was holding that person's dead head and he was talking to it, having a conversation. And that, that head, it did talk back. The sound it made was from its own voice was from itself talking back upwards towards this guy. And I think that's when the head kind of noticed that that person was looking at it and it stopped or something like that. So I don't know how true that story is, but let's, you know, let's take it at face value. Let's say that is a true 
um, a true case where there, that was a zombie type of situation, man, that was, that would be something very, very worthwhile to find out how it was done, you know, and just so whose, whose head was that, you know, where did, uh, where did he get it from? Did he kill that person or, cause this guy was known to be, you know, heavily involved in witchcraft and he died though. Um, I'd say about a good seven, seven, eight years ago. Uh, he passed away from old age, but before he died, he was like always crying. He was in pain. And I guess those people that he killed over the years to become like a, I don't know, King Skinwalker or something. They were coming back and they were torturing the shit out of this dude, man. And he was like always crying. They want to be left alone. He was crying for his daughters to stay with him and all that. And, but we already knew that, you know, what, what his history was, past history of all that witchcraft. It caught up to him, man. It, it definitely did. And, you know, they, they tortured it. Tortured. They tortured him like that. Excuse me. So anyways, um, uh, I don't really know of any other, um, like zombie stories. The only thing that Navajo culture is pretty much based on right now that I can think of is, is mostly spirits. And, you know, that isn't really like physical, you know, it, you could probably pretty much walk right through it if you didn't see it. And, you know, I'm a dumbass. That would, that would happen to me because I can't see these ghosts. I can't see these spirits. Um, sometimes we would drive through like, you know, like a part of town where it's like at night and there's a cemetery or a grave, people will see things. I cannot freaking see it. And I've, I've said this so many times, but I could probably just walk right through a ghost and not even see it. But I'm pretty sure my body would feel it like, oh man, he's walked through a, a cold dead zone and I, you know, get the hair standing on the back of my neck and my arms and stuff like that. But, um, as far as zombies no man that that's really something that is really interesting i mean if the coronavirus were to mutate into something more deadly rather than just another excuse for the government to make everybody wear their masks and get their vaccinations that'd be interesting oh hey man there you go vaccinations that let's say that turns some people into zombies man that would be really interesting to see how the navajo nation would handle it if anything, there'd be probably some, someone that knows the prophecy. Like if you start seeing dead Navajos roaming around on Navajo land, that means the end of time is coming. You know, the, well, as people like to say end of the world. And for me, I'll just be like, you know what, if that's going to happen, let me get my video cameras. Let me go get all my phone cameras ready to go and let me document the end of the world with all these Navajo zombies roaming around. You know, let's go, let's go do that. I mean, might as well go out with a bang rather than just, you know, cause like just how movies teach us, you know, if you get bitten, you become one of them. So that's how I would take that and excuse me. And I would use that to, um, see how far, uh, stuff like that would go. Um, as far as actual zombie cases, um, but if anything, I don't really know, uh, too many people that would probably want to be willing to share that story about, you know, like a, like a, like a corpse, like a zombie, you know, something that actually came back to life. But, um, I would like to share this story. I heard from this guy who was a, he was a former EMT, but he still is an EMT. 
And I guess he was helping out this one um, doctor. This is at Ganado Sage Hospital. And um, I guess this guy came in and this Navajo guy, he had a big old huge belly. Something happened. I can't remember. Like he had a rupture in his, in his stomach and his stomach was all bloated and the room was pressurized. So I want to see if I'll, I may get this story wrong because I'm, I never really, I didn't really understand what this guy was trying to tell me, but something about the room being pressurized and that big, uh, you know, and that big stomach ready to explode. Um, there was a Filipino nurse. The doctor told that nurse was, it was either to turn on or turn off something in the room, the atmosphere. And the nurse did the opposite. So what these guys were going to do was they were going to shove this long needle inside that guy's stomach and see if they could relieve the air pressure, I believe, or, or take out the, the blood that was building up, that was pulling up. I, I don't remember if it was air or blood, but anyway, so the Filipino nurse, she forgot to do something or she didn't do something right or didn't turn it off all the way or, or turn it on all the way, whatever it was, those guys stuck the needle into this poor dude and that dude popped, man. He exploded. His whole stomach was all over the room, you know, his, his, his feces and his urine was all over on the walls dripping and his blood was all over the place. And, you know, because of that one little mistake that lady did, you know, it caused this guy his life. And, uh, that really has nothing to do with zombies, but that whole explosion thing, I want to share one more story. Um, is that my, my late, one of my late brothers, um, of the two, this one was the one that kind of raised me more into, um, zombie movies, but he was telling me that one day he was down downtown in Albuquerque and it was, I don't know how hot it was. It was in the summertime. Let's say it was like 97 degrees outside, you know, it was getting pretty hot, getting close to a hundred. And, um, he said he was walking, uh, on the side of the street and where the train tracks were, this was before it got remodeled the way it is now. So I would say this is more like 25 years ago. He was walking and then, um, he saw this, um, he saw this guy with a old man with a white beard. He could have been Hispanic, could have been white. And, uh, but anyways, the cops, the Albuquerque police department were chasing after this guy. They're telling him to stop. I don't know if he stole beer or something, but he was old, but he was running. And all of a sudden, man, his stomach exploded and it popped up. Boom. And the, that dude, he fell over. My brother said he just freaked out. He was like, Oh shit. And the cops ran over there and they looked and, you know, I guess that guy had alcohol in his system and he was drunk. So I don't know what he did, you know, but the cops were chasing him down for it. So while he was running with that alcohol in his system on a hot day, he was just being shook up like a, like a can of hairspray, man. And he just exploded. Boom. Stomach busted out. So that's, um, that's an amazing story that I wanted to add on the podcast for the purposes of Halloween. And like I said, I really can't find any other stories of zombieisms, but, um, I will say that just based off of stories alone, um, I have one more and it was a relative. She passed away. She was an older lady and, you know, she was kind of known for being involved in the wicked stuff. And, um, 
the dark arts, black magic, witchcraft, skinwalking, all that stuff. And, um, after she had died, stories started coming out from the community that she, her body was dug back up and her body was taken to a cave where she's, you know, she's already dead. She's stiff and dead. She wasn't embalmed. I don't think so. All her, all her natural organs were still there. And I think that's what these, um, these, uh, skinwalkers look for is see if you're embalmed or not, because if you're embalmed, you know, you really can't do much with your, uh, your organs. Cause they're all hard by that point. But if you're all natural and you know, you get buried and you know, they cut you open and they, um, pull out all your shit again, you know, your liver and all that stuff, grind them up into corpse powder and all that stuff. That's, you know, that's probably the, the way I hear it, the way I understand that's the route they take. But, um, anyways, so this old lady, um, she was dead, you know, um, but they had her in this cave and then I don't know who found this out, but apparently when the sun would rise from the East, it would hit somewhere inside that cave and the sunlight would hit that old woman right on their, her, her dead head, her forehead. And she would stand back up. She would rise. Boom. And then, um, I guess as the sun would start to rise, I don't know what the significance of that was or how that was discovered, but it's either a medicine man had found that out or somebody who was practicing with those other skinwalkers was like, Oh shit, this is too creepy for me, man. I don't want to be a part of this or, you know, something like that. Or maybe somebody got drunk and just said, Oh yeah, this is what we did to this old lady. And, and, you know, we had her stand back up when, you know, the sun would rise and, Usually it's the opposite. Usually it's like nighttime. Something would happen in the nighttime and that's how they would get the, um, I don't know, practice their, their, their magic even more and test it or whatever it is they're doing. But, um, as far as a zombie case goes, man, I, I, that story, it was kind of tripped me out because I was like, I wonder if that old lady moved. I wonder if she like, you know, realized that she was dead or was her soul totally gone or did they catch her soul? You know, it's, it's really interesting. You know, like I said, there's that rabbit hole scenario where you start going down it. Hell, by the time you come back out, you'll be a skinwalker. You'll already know all the ins and outs and how to do all that stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's how I just want to end this, um, episode 13 with some kind of more realistic, um, stories of, um, carnage, mayhem, um, but that's how, you know, that's how I, I feel that as we move on nowadays, we need some kind of documentation. And since those damn hackers, you know, they removed my Clagatil paranormal cryptoids and I can't have decent internet. Um, I'm going to try to save up some money and get me an internet and I'm going to try the whole thing again. I'll say, all right, you guys, you damn hackers took it down. Well, guess what? I can always put it back up. So. Um, anyways, other than that, that's going to do it for episode 13. And I'm glad that, um, the loyal horn toad listeners are still there. And, um, you know, pretty much I'm doing this for you guys because everybody else that says, Oh, I'll listen to your podcast. They never do. So, you know, I was like, all right, fine. I'm, I'm not going to put a gun to no one's head, but, uh, episode 14. Oh man, we'll, we'll have more. Um, I should have uh, some more interesting interesting topics again, man. I just, 
I want to blow my nose every time I do these podcasts, but you know, all the boogers start building up when I'm talking. I'm like, oh, damn it. Where the hell, why couldn't you do that before I started? But anyways, so, um, yeah, so those, uh, keep your head up people. You know, there's, there's positivity coming around again. Um, if anything, believe in the Clagato veterans and the nonprofit because we're taking it to a whole nother level now. So, um, you just hang in there with me and I'll give you updated or give you updates on the progress or just let you know after the fact that it's happened, then, you know, it'll be more, more of a better update if I did it that way. So with Ching, he's over here somewhere again. I just saw his lazy ass. I think he's laying by the window. Anyways, um, so for Clagato Veteran Podcast and Clagato Veterans Nonprofit Group, and on behalf of Ching's lazy ass, wherever he is, um, I am Mateo Native Ravager, happy to take you down this road of mayhem. And also on behalf of um, everybody listening, want to say thank you, thank you for, you know, sticking it, you know, <laughs> hanging in there with me, not sticking it, but hanging in there with me and just um, listening to the podcast. And each time you guys listen to it, I generate money. Um, and so I want to thank you for that. And hopefully, um, hopefully I'll keep you entertained all the way till the next presidential election till we see what happens. And finally, all I want to say is yee-yah, see ya.